What up, what up? Welcome to the Dreaverse. This is the intro that's going to be covered for all the episodes in the season. <laughs> I've literally had to go back and add it into a bunch of episodes because I'm recreating it. Uh, first and foremost, to say you can follow me on social media anywhere you can find me, Drea Yeya, D-R-E-A-Y-E-Y-A. Thank you for listening to the Dreaverse series. It's going to be a lot more kind of fluid all over the place rather than Here's a strict topic we're going to discuss. I'm just kind of going with what's happening in momentum while I restructure the show. So thanks for being here while we're under construction. I appreciate your ear and I look forward to putting out new content every week. Peace. I once had a job at a call center. It was an online retailer. So you purchase products online. They get shipped to you. It was one of the biggest and the baddest in its day. It was the top dog. And I worked there for about two and a half years. Throughout the course of that experience, one of the main things that I like to always make note of with was that I worked through Christmas doing phone calls. I don't know if you understand what it's like to be screamed at by a person who purchased some sort of silly gift three days before Christmas and it either arrived late or it arrived damaged. And so you legitimately fucked someone's Christmas up. At least that's how it's going to be made for you to feel when you're getting screamed at by Susan because she bought Kellyanne this necklace and it came with smudges on it. Retail phone calls during Christmas is insane. I also want to say for the record that the socialization that you receive from elementary school through high school is to prepare you for jobs like the two breaks, the lunch break with the recess. Every element of elementary school to high school is really set up for you to understand how to socialize with others, how to work with your authority, how to follow a schedule, how to be on time, and how to follow the tasks, whichever tasks are at hand, science, math, whatever it is that you're doing with your time during the day at the function. It also teaches you how to transition through different positions and different mediums of dealing with different types of authority, especially when you get older and you start having to go from one class to the next. I think that you really need to be able to navigate this for your kids in a way that allows them to understand that they're individuals. Part of the reason people grow up depressed is because they don't understand their individuals and no one ever teaches them to be individuals. The system really wants you to assimilate and conform. And that's all well and good because for the greater good, there is some level of interdependence that's necessary. But falling back onto one's own individuality in order to maintain and cope with one's big feelings with their big reality is highly important to one's skill set. It's highly important to one's own awareness. So I like to make note of that one, especially because call centers are the easiest way to see that school is set you up for office-y kind of style setups. Now, college and whatever trade schools, you know, are set up and geared around helping you find a profession, stick to that profession. And if you do the entrepreneur thing, you're going to do that profession from sun up to sun down so that you can build your own business. If you're going to work for someone else, you're going to go be the best of the best of the best in that trade or that prof profession. You're going to go to 
whatever education centers you can find to get you the best education, to become the best of that. When you really start to lay out these routes into adulthood from childhood for us, they're broken. They're not working. (laughs) We can clearly see they're not working. Thankfully, we're at a space and time where this stuff is transitioning and changing. I think that call centers are valuable and necessary or helpful to one's professional development. I also think that there's a lot of personal gain that one can get from these types of gigs. If you really stand back and look at what it would mean to have this type of a job if you were in another country like Mexico, India, Philippines, these jobs are highly respected. You're like required to go and actually get solid education in order to get these jobs. Americans are really funny about the things that we don't realize are valuable, really, really valuable. Not that the call center job is like the top notch or the best, it's that the call center job is valuable. Almost always in this kind of a job, you're either developing really excellent interpersonal skills, like communication, being able to multitask, being able to be on time, like keep a routine, run deadlines, project management, oversee other people, coach and encourage like there's a million ways that you can find growth and development as a positive in these kind of work situations these jobs give you the ability to feel confident in the skill set of whatever it is that you're learning if it's just a customer service gig where you're doing retail so you're just punching in some numbers and taking some notes the package didn't arrive whatever you're working in an industry where you need to educate people on certain things that they don't know about when it comes to this industry Uh, credit repair legal work insurance medical like if you're in an industry where you're actually providing education providing service You're still learning the interpersonal skills. You're still actually learning the education and the knowledge base behind the whole industry to apply to your personal world. I once had a job where I was the first employee for a gentleman who had worked his ass off to become an executive at a big corporation. And then he decided to take a bonus that he received from that corporation and open his own company. And I was the first employee of that company with him working in his basement. This is one of the coolest and most responsible jobs I had ever had at the time. It was the first job I had received where I was 1099. So I was setting my own schedule. I had my own computer. I was actually getting paid as a consultant and kind of knowledge that I received from this man working directly underneath him about the business world and certain things to pay attention to in life. Honestly, I don't think at the time I really understood how much it would apply, even though I did understand that it was valuable. To this day, the man is very successful and this company actually ended up being sold later on down the road when I did not work there anymore for like a lot of money to another big company. And This particular job held a lot of different lessons. The first one was to understand how valuable I was as a mind in any business setting. Because if someone was willing to bring me on as the first employee of their company, they really understood the value of how my brain worked and my work ethic. I think that work ethic is something that cannot be explained. You have it or you don't. And if you don't have it, I would encourage you to fucking come up with it. 
make it happen for yourself. The world gets a lot easier when you can find the value in understanding that you're not supposed to just stand around and have fun and be fucking lazy all the time. You're not supposed to just wander around the world and nothing matters to anything. Like that's, no. You're supposed to understand the value of freedom to be able to make those decisions. You shouldn't ever have to be chained in one place just because you're restricted from some sort of paper fiat system to make that happen. But it's important for you to understand why work is valuable, why gardening, tending, keeping animals alive, (laughs) helping your neighbors, contributing to some sort of process as a whole. All of these things are valuable. Like you may not recognize that everybody in your job, on your team depends on you, but they're are plenty of people who depend on you every single day to show up and do whatever it is that you do. I once had a job as a pretzel maker in the mall during Christmas time, also known as Q4. (laughs) Now, first and foremost, I will never work in a place ever again that makes me listen to Christmas music. I won't. Unless I can have like a headphone in where I can listen to whatever I want. I just don't want to work in a place that requires me to listen to Christmas music. It's okay that you like Christmas music. I don't care for Christmas music like at all, and you're not going to change my mind. So just sorry. I won't say at all. I don't like Christmas music predominantly like at all. I don't get in the spirit and want to listen to it all the time. I don't want to hear it throughout the entire season. I want to hear it when I want to hear it. Sometimes I like hearing Christmas music at other periods of time. So take it or leave it. The other thing I loved about this job was that I will never take for granted when a place has things properly stocked. I pay attention when the lids, the straws, the cups, the drinks, when things are wiped down. Every level of a retail space where something has to be stocked and cleaned pretty repetitively throughout the day because of traffic, I take special, special, special notice to that now. I walk into like a gas station and shit looks good. Somebody cared. Somebody took the time and the effort. Shit looks amazing. That I'm here for. Same thing with like a fast food restaurant. If I walk in, sauces are all lined up. Things are wiped down. The cups look good. The lids look good. I just take this a lot more seriously than I ever did before that job. I just don't think I ever would have noticed how it actually needs to look. Now I judge places. Like if your staff is not on point enough to wipe things down and make sure that shit's set up, I'm judging you because I've had a retail job. I actually think that everyone should have to go through this. People should have to do some sort of retail job to understand why it is important to respect a space. When I walk into a gas station, I don't pick it up at the gas station because I don't want anyone to have to clean up after me because I understand what it takes for them to have to keep this thing on point and make it look good all day and don't let it get all messed up by some rude ass customer who's just slopping everything up everywhere and don't even care. Listen, stop. I can't. That is the best takeaway that I had from the pretzel maker job, except for the fact that I also made my own pretzel maker dance. As we would roll pretzels out and twist, twist, pin, 
I came up with a super cool dance for that. I don't remember it right now because right off the cuff, I can't remember how to roll a pretzel. But I'm positive if someone just handed me some dough, it would be like riding a bike. Like it would just come out of nowhere. I'd be like, bam, look at how I rolled that pretzel. Boss moves. <laughs> I once had a job at a call center, a third party call center who had Sprint as one of their projects. So I was working doing call center stuff for Sprint, but not directly underneath Sprint. When I tell you that I learned how to apply discount codes and backdate them so I could just hook people up constantly every time they called in. And I'm positive that's what got me on the non-rehirable list at this company. Listen, I don't feel bad, okay? I had a contract with Sprint at one point in time before this job. And the way that Sprint treated me over the sales rep lying to me, I understood exactly what all these people were calling about. I understood exactly why all these people felt the way that they felt. I was hooking every single person up. Kind of things that I would be backdating for people was like data usage and text messages. So back in the day when you'd have to pay extra money if you went over your 100 text messages or you went over your 200 text messages. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff that I was taking care of for people. And I don't feel bad. I don't at all. It was only six months. Sprint caught on. The company was like, hey, you need to improve your stats in order to keep your job. And I was like, okay. And I was improving my stats and I was doing great. And when they took it back to Sprint, Sprint was like, no, get rid of her. Get her off the floor. And I do not blame them. Sometimes it's Robin Hood, you know? Sometimes it's Robin Hood. In this particular circumstance, that's how I felt. It was Robin Hood. Because I had been on the other side of these customer situations. So take it or leave it. That's how it was. And you know, don't come for me. This was like, seriously, 2008. I once had a job where I dated my manager. And that was a fucking terrible, <laughs> terrible idea. It was terrible. Honestly, it was. I mean, long run neither here nor there it didn't ruin my life but honest to god it was a terrible idea okay that's that i once had a job as a reservationist at a gay travel agency and that sounds like it would be niche or something but I mean, it makes sense because there's lots of places where it's really important to know someone if you're gay. Could be quite dangerous to travel certain places, possibly against the law, seriously. So anyway, long and short was lots and lots and lots of interesting, weird ass synchronicities with this place. At this job, my aunt was one of my bosses. Her ex-husband was one of my other bosses. The owner of the company was also one of my bosses. And the ex-husband's current wife was like a sidekick boss. So I literally had direction coming from four different places, four different characteristics. And it was a nightmare. Like, it was a mess. I was single-handedly responsible for keeping the company afloat through hurricane whatever 
almost ripped Key West apart. Ida, Irma, whichever one happened in 2017. Yep, that one. I was I was there putting pieces together to make sure that the company was still running while everyone was freaking out that Key West might get ripped off the map and the company hadn't moved to Utah yet. It was crazy. It was really, really crazy. So more conversations to come on that one. It'll be announced later, but that was a really, really fun gig. I once had a job at a propane place. Can't say which one, but it was a propane company. So it's a utility. And the people that I worked with had been working together all in all for over 15 years as a tripod. When they brought me in about a month into the job, my son's dad died unexpectedly and they spent the entire next 10 months just kind of carrying me along. The job was supposed to start at 10 a.m. or 8 a.m. I don't even know, but every day I was getting there at 11. And they literally just let me carry myself through this job for months and months. The two old ladies could get the workload done. The reason why they brought a third person in they thought was the workload until they were just dragging me along and I was doing hardly any of the work that I was hired to do because of grief. These two ladies felt bad for me and they were bitches to me at the same time. I think I needed it. At the time, I felt really fucked up by it. Like, I'm going through grief. How could these bitches be so mean to me? And the other side of me realizes like, I was hired as an emotional punching bag. So these two bitches had some place to put their energy besides on each other. So at the end of this particular job, I went to the guy who was the boss and said, look, you don't actually need someone for workload. You need someone who balances the energy out between these two. It's clearly not me. And if you try to make me stay, you're going to set me up for failure. And I'm going to get unemployment anyway, because you're going to end up having to fire me. So I would appreciate if you just let me go amicably and let me be rehirable by this propane company in case I want to work for it somewhere else. And let's let bygones be bygones. Like I'll take my last paycheck. See if you can get me paid for as much as possible. This conversation took place on Christmas Eve and he let me go shortly after the new year. So I got paid. I once had a job interviewing artists for a music magazine and writing mini bios on whatever I wanted that I found interesting about their life as a musician. It was literally one of the most rewarding jobs I think I've ever had. And I have friends in a bunch of these artists still to this day. I did this job from about 2009 till about 2011, been like 11 years. And a bunch of these artists are still my friends. I've watched their kids grow up and shit online. It's wild. And to think that I spent 45 minutes to an hour just having a conversation with them about their life 
and the level of connectivity we had because they were trying to get their music career off the ground. It was wild. It was way, way wild. The other part of working with this company was that the platform this company was working on setting up is literally what Spotify is today. Literally. It was a monthly base subscription. The only difference was they were working on ways to help people get physical copies of CDs from independent artists on top of streaming processes. I once had a job cleaning apartments that were basically abandoned apartments. So they hadn't been lived in for like a month or two months, sometimes longer. And there was still shit in them. The fridges hadn't been cleaned out, the ovens, the stoves. Yo, when I tell you I'm happy to not ever have to do a job like this again, ever. The main takeaway from this job that I can find as some sort of positive is that I really have a deep respect for industrial oven cleaner for real the kind that when you don't wear gloves it will chemical burn your skin if it touches you that is the best kind of oven cleaner there is I also have a deep respect for industrial air fresheners the kind that are like citrusy like lemon and orange yo It's crazy because I always like wanted to live in one of these goofy ass apartments. I thought they were so dope. And I'm so glad that I never did because way later on, I experienced what it was like to live in an apartment like that. And just, yo, it wasn't cool. It didn't matter how cool the layout of the apartment was because it was old. It mattered that the management did not do their best to upkeep on the building. And clearly if I was cleaning out apartments where management hadn't touched an apartment, In two months, yo, I can't tell you how gross like fridges were. I found potatoes that like I could have just planted. Like, yeah, it was insane. It was so, so gross. And I ended up quitting because the guy who was my boss cracked some fucking racist joke about my music. And I went the fuck off on him and I never went back and I don't feel bad about it. I once worked for a yellow page directory company where I began as an inside sales rep doing outbound phone calls, trying to get people to purchase a spot in the book for advertisements or just to keep a listing. They had like a 75% chance of being printed anyway. The goal was just to make them perceive that it was worth spending the additional money. I'm not a salesperson, so got out of that position real quick, moved into an appointment setting position. Still friends with my boss from that position. She still loves me and calls me regularly. That's awesome when I think about that. Moved from the appointment setting position into a lead generation position where I was just building Should have been more like data entry, but they called it lead generation. 
It was goofy that they called it that when I think about it now. From that position, they actually required that I move to the proofing department. The reason why was because I had passed the proofing test with the highest score of anybody in the company except the lawyer. They were not impressed with the fact that that had happened, so they made me retake it, and I passed it with the exact same score. Nice try, you guys. (laughs) I ended up working at that job for another, like, two years after they had me move into that proofing position, and when I quit, it was like a nice microphone drop to everything I had been dealing with with that company at the time. I was able to walk away with my, like, paid time off in like a paycheck form I was able to pretty much get myself established if I was going to walk away from a job that was the best time to do it and the best way to do it at that time real kind of like thorn in the side to these guys I feel like I get into certain positions with jobs and when it comes to management if they're not actually committed to the growth of the company the way that they expect me to be committed to the growth of the company then I just don't really have too much respect for them. Like, it's hard for me to take you seriously that I'm supposed to take my job top-notch seriously, but you just kind of pick and choose what you feel like doing. Like, you want to play golf or whatever. Like, as I got further into this, I started to know more about their personal lives. And when people are like, act like they're one way when it comes to conservative and oh I'm goody two shoes I don't do this but then low key they do like not cool shit behind closed doors I just don't I just can't no thank you so when I got to walk away from this company it was a real like mic drop moment for me because I did it strategically and I knew I was doing it strategically and they had no idea that it was coming and I liked having the upper hand on that And I'm still rehirable. I've tested the waters just to make sure I'm still rehirable. I don't know. Some level of me likes to know that kind of shit. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dreaverse series. I appreciate you being here. I do not like plugging a like, follow, subscription. You can feel free to do that if you want to. There's no pressure to do it either way. But I definitely appreciate you being here. And I appreciate you having a voice and opinion as well. So I realize that I don't plug often enough the types of things I actually do, which is one-on-one sessions. Those can be intuitive coaching. Those can be tarot readings. Those can be astrology conversations. They range from all sorts of different things. So like I said at the beginning of the episode, I'm going to say it again. You can find me on all social media platforms under Drea, Yeya, D-R-E-A-Y-E-Y-A, two words or one word, whichever one. It's a handle. You can Google me, bitch. So (laughs) thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. And I hope you listen to the entire series all the way through and we will see you on the next series.